everyone welcome back to friday night mics uh we're back after a week off um we're your hosts i'm sarah and this is michael with me of course hello everybody and michael's fighting off a bit of a cold he uh picked up a bug on his way back from his fancy vacation <laughs> yeah um it it really stinks when you go on vacation and you come back and you get sick right after afterwards uh which is why I'm not leading the podcast uh, tonight. We're going to be recording two podcasts, and I'm trying to make my voice last as long as possible, basically. That's <laughs> what this comes down to. So, um, yeah, I, I there's no way I was going to let another week go by without getting you know podcast episode out. So it's like I'm just going to fight through what this is, and hopefully by next week, I'm sure... By next week, I'll I'll probably be back to 100%, or at least I hope so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I'm very grateful that you decided to push through tonight because I, it's hard to do a whole podcast by yourself. It's I can't listen to myself talk for that long. Uh, it's it's a learned skill, <laughs> you know. Which I let me back when I was here doing this all by myself when I did uh, Hunger for Hannibal. Uh, you have to find a way to to talk for you know forty five minutes to an hour all by yourself. It it, it takes a while. <laughs> yeah, that's a skill that I have to polish up. <laughs> but yeah, so this episode is episode six. It's called "How Did I Get Here?" Um, and uh, after Tim returns back from. A uh, little Mexico vacation slash save my best friend trip. He finds his locker empty, uh, and he's been kicked off the team. That was pretty shocking. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. Um, was uh, was Tim actually in the game when when he got back? Like when he. Took over from McGregor, and he officially had that first game. He wasn't in that game, right? Because when he was in the locker room as the guys were going by, and he was something like, "Hey, great game on Saturday" or something like. So he wasn't even in that game. You know, he was too busy. He was down in Mexico because he and Street were down there for a while. Oh, I didn't even catch that. So that's a little mistake, eh? Well, no, no, no. I, th I think what it is because that was. I'm like, I'm trying to think, like. It's not so much, uh, I don't know if it's a mistake or a lack of acknowledgement, at least, with the writers. I guess, yeah, I guess it is a bit of a mistake because I guess it's a lack of acknowledgement from the writers that 
as far as as they knew, I mean, he probably did eventually hear when he got back, but he's had no contact with uh, with Eric since he left town, or you know, not as an official capacity as coach, right? Yeah, I guess not. Like, I didn't even think about that. Like, it's like they're not even acknowledging that he hasn't even really talked to coach yet. Precisely, because you can remember he and Street were down there for at least a week. Yeah, at least. Right. So they were there for a week, and then to get back and all that stuff, you're yeah. So if he left, say midway through last week before the game on Saturday, and then they didn't get back till you know midway through the next week, he missed that entire game, and Eric's been back for you know a few days. Before, yeah. You know. So yeah, it sounds to me like like this is the first time he's actually talked to to Coach Taylor, and so he's like, "Hey, am I back on the team?" Or I'm gonna remind him on the team. He's like, "No, you're not. You're off." It's just it's it's a weird thing. I don't know if they failed to acknowledge that as writers or if we're just nitpicking, but it just doesn't feel like. He's had time to even catch up to the whole fact that McGregor's not coach and and Eric is. Yeah, like, I I don't know, maybe it's wrong on the writer's part, or maybe if that guy just, you know, added that in, and, like, he was just trying to, you know, play jock walking by, and so he says something casual, like, great game last weekend, and maybe they didn't really pick up on it or catch it, and it just got through. Well, the whole great game was was uh, Riggins telling somebody else great game. More like is like Riggins probably read the score, read the the highlights in the newspaper or something when he got back. So that was that was Riggins telling. Uh, I thought it was the, the guy. No, no, no. It was Riggins telling? So it wasn't that wasn't the mistake. I, I think it's just the mistake is Riggins is back in town, and it's like. The writers failed to create a scene where there's an acknowledgement from Riggins to Coach Taylor and Taylor to, to Riggins, like, oh, hey, you're back. You're the coach. Wow. Um, crazy, huh? I mean, like, there's nothing. It's just like, boom. Riggins gets back and, and Eric's, you know, coach now. And... That's it. Yeah. At least I, if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, but I, I'm trying to think. Like when he got back and he immediately took over for McGregor, they had to prepare for the upcoming game. And that was that upcoming game was only in, in, in a few days, right? If yeah. I remember correctly. Yep. So if, if Riggins was still around, which I don't remember, I'd, I'd have to go back and look. But if, if. Um, that's the barest acknowledgement. Maybe that is why there's no scene like that. But that's just that's in my head. I'm thinking maybe he hasn't been a maybe he hasn't. Been, well, think about it. Um, you know what? If I remember correctly, McGregor kicked him off the team, or he left. Remember. Oh, yeah. Because then Jason like came up and was like, "Hey, you know, you quit. If you're just gonna be that, you're, you're a loser. You're a bad friend. And by the way, screw you. I'm leaving. I'm going to Mexico." And that, <laughs> by the way, I'm quitting and going to Mexico. 
Right. So, yeah, exactly. So, you know what? That is, I think, a miss on the writer's part. Because, right, because if he wasn't on the team when McGregor was still coach and he was officially kicked off with McGregor there, then he wouldn't have been involved whatsoever in any team activities. And if Eric, when Eric came and took over, uh, I think, they, yeah, they were already in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, they were. So, yeah, this is the first time that he has any knowledge. So, yeah, I, I do feel in this instance, and, I, and yeah, look, we're, bela- we're belaboring a very minor point here. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like it's something I never realized before until now. Just that it's there's no scene where he and Coach are like, oh, wow, Coach, you're back. Um I yeah, I've been away for a week. You know, it's just like immediately, hey, you're off the team, and maybe they did shoot it and ultimately got caught due to time, and that's possible. But we don't know that, so we just have to take with the you know what we have, and that's the information that we've got, which is Riggins rolls back into town and he's kicked off the team. So, and that whole storyline with him and Coach Taylor being kicked off the team, it bugs me because literally. Not Jason, not Tim tries to explain, hey, I was trying to save my best friend. Like Jason or Jason doesn't even like, you know, take Eric aside and explain what happened. Like it just seems like they pur- purposefully omitted them trying to explain it just for the drama. You know? True. That's that's a fair criticism. Sure. I I think that um on one hand, they could have pulled him aside. On the other hand, I could also look at it this way. They may have sidestepped that partially for the drama, but also because regardless of the reason why, this isn't the first time that Tim has done this. Yeah. Uh, if this was the first time, sure. I mean, he would get chewed out. He'd have to run laps. Eric would probably ask why, but at this point... He probably doesn't care why because this has just been an all too often occurrence with, with Tim Riggins. Yeah, that's so fair he, enough. Yeah, yeah. So he's just like, whatever, you're off the team, you know. So, <clears throat> yeah, Tim is trying to grow as a person. But he's one of those, you know, one step forward, two steps back kind Big of guys. Big time, yep. <laughs> So it's like on one hand he's growing because he goes to Mexico with Street and then does you know the responsible thing and the the best thing which is tell him the truth that he doesn't want to hear and he gets him back home safe and alive. Yeah. On the other side is when Lila comes to ask him for some help and he's like whatever. Yeah, but you know, but it, but it requires Lila to give him an ultimatum. In order for him to actually say, oh, okay, maybe I'll help somebody. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I get that Tim was probably just like, he was in a spot where he felt like he's been dumped from the team and probably doesn't feel very good right now. Probably doesn't want to help somebody else get on the team. I can understand that. And, but I also understand, you know, Lila, like, this is a favor. You know, you need to help me out. But I would at least hear Tim out. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean that's a fair that's a fair point. 
Tim helps out Santiago, who uh, was introduced. I think, I think looking back, I think his introduction was kind of uh, clumsy, a little clumsy. Uh, looking back, I, I feel like maybe a little, a little corny, which is something that we don't often say about this show. Yeah. The show doesn't do corny very much. Uh, it's a rarity, I think. They tend to be pretty good about the way they they do things and not making something feel contrived or, you know, corny in a way where you just kind of roll your eyes. And so looking back at that introduction of the character, it's not the worst I've ever seen, you know, so it's not it's not that bad. But yeah, it's not the best. Yeah, just for this show, it wasn't a smooth integration like you would expect from the show. Right. So, uh, but with the introduction aside, they do this well, which is taking a character, regardless of how they're introduced, and they they do some good things. So, you know, Santiago is uh, looks to be a, a good athlete, yeah. is athletically gifted in some way. And so, of course, Buddy wants him on the team, and he tries to get Eric to, to take a look at this kid. Eric does, and uh, the, kid, the kid's fast. The kid's obviously strong. Problem is, he's never played, you know, organized football ever. Yeah, and can't catch. <laughs> yeah, in the gra- his grasp of the rules and just everything, it, it's pretty much non-existent, which leads Lila to, to go ask Tim for a little bit of help. Tim finally concedes, and he, you know, helps out Santiago, shows him some pointers. Uh, partially, it's just to maybe do something nice, and the ulterior motive is to try to show Eric that he is a team trying <laughs> to be a team player. Yeah, and I liked seeing uh, <laughs> Matt and Smash come in and help too. It was kind of nice seeing all three of them work together to help out Santiago. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. They're all working together, which is good. Yeah, especially, like, I love that Smash, you know, needs Tim to be his, like, guy on the field that he blocks all the big guys and actually admits it to him. I thought that was great. Well, you see these the, the two characters that are getting closer. Yeah, they hated each um, other episode one. I mean, Tim was just bluntly telling like the uh, TV personalities that I hate him. <laughs> this is the worst and I can't stand him. Yeah. And it just shows you how far they've grown both as, you know, people. Mm-hmm. So there's more respect there. And I think they've just become a little more mature individually than they were you know, a year ago. Yeah. So we're seeing two people who are, you know, becoming better teammates, better people, and it leads to more mature interaction. Yeah, it's fantastic to see. And um, let's see. Coach Taylor um, gets to find out, you know, the price of his new, his job back home. And it's pretty much half of what normal price is. Yeah. His paycheck yeah. has been like slashed in half and that's brutal. Well, according to Buddy, it's 37%. Very actually. specific. But add on taxes, it's still probably not very nice. <laughs> yeah, this this sh- is something that is not surprising because Buddy 
would do this. He he wanted Eric back, got him back, just simply didn't want to mention that, that this might be a problem. Of course not. And so he lets Eric find out by himself. And and he's not happy, of course, who would be when you're making roughly 40% of what you were making. Um, he's angry about it. He goes and talks to Buddy and learns about the fact they had to pay McGregor off. And on top of that, um, there's no more funds. Yeah. And he has to be given another position as athletic director, which oversees all the athletics in not just football. So way more responsibility, and it's still not even matching his paycheck. Right. And they, they try to pass this whole uh, director, um, athletic director as some kind of gravy train. Yeah, you know, there's some nothing easy to position. It. And then that's... <laughs> So this woman comes in. She's I love the her. <laughs> volleyball coach. And I all I could think of the whole time, I remember the first time I watched this, and I've thought it every single time, she is the female version of Eric Taylor. <laughs> yes, she certainly is. And this actress is perfect. I love her. Um, every time I see her, all I can think of is waiting and her just having like a meltdown. <laughs> Yeah. She's hilarious. So I'm so glad that we have this character and she's going to be such a hard ass and going head to head with Coach Taylor. Uh, I hope she sticks around because I really like her. Yeah, she's, um, I love she just like grabs the, the ball <laughs> and just sh- chucks it. Like, like, she's like angry. I yep. mean, she is mad. It's <laughs> and, and Eric's just, I love how she's like, oh, what are these, uh, yeah, these are really nice. These computers are fantastic. These are amazing. You know, I was going to call uh, up here, but, you know, we don't even have phones. <laughs> <laughs> Not being subtle whatsoever. <laughs> right. I mean, she's, yeah, she doesn't have time for subtlety. So, oh. and, uh, yeah, she's, she's great. So Eric finds out the, the true horrors of the position. And uh, we see it's going to be a really difficult time. Right. <laughs> Challenging is probably not uh, the right word. <laughs> uh, how about hell? <laughs> yeah, that too. So, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, how about we talk about Tammy's sister? Sure. So, um, so she comes into town to help out with the baby. And um, she's a little more work than help sometimes. <laughs> she's dressing up her daughter as skankily as she possibly can and kind of bragging about, you know, her own life, about being able to go to Brazil and having free time and all this stuff, stuff that Tammy doesn't have. Yeah. Now, we have a, a clip here. Uh, this is a, it's a clip where uh, she brought Julie atop. You know, so uh, she has Julie tried on and come out and you know show it off. It's not mm, most fathers would not want their daughter to go out in the public. No, I'm pretty sure if my if I had a daughter and she came out like that, my husband's brain would melt. <laughs> would not be able to help handle that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 
we'll play this clip and then you know talk about it after come on julie we want to see it <gasps> let me see oh my god let me see uh-uh no. Amazing. No. Oh uh -uh. And you best take that off before your father gets home. But it was home. a present, Mom. You look incredible, honey. You take my word for it. How you doing? Hi, baby. Hey. Oh my God, look. Why are you dressed like that? But this is what everybody in Brazil's wearing. Yeah, it's everybody in Brazil's wearing. We're not in Brazil. <laughs> you need to sit down. You need to write a thank you note to your grandma for those boobs because they are un they're unbelievable. Go change. My God, you, excuse me, summer of 86, little string bikini and your butt hanging out of your dolphin shorts. If so I you gave you $100, would you please stop? Yes, but you don't have $100, Eric. Okay. All right, y'all. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Wait, are you talking Spanish? Yeah. Really? Well, perfect, because you're going to need it when we take our trip to Costa Rica. Costa Rica? Yes. Well, your mom and I, we were supposed to go, but then she went and got herself knocked up, so I want to go with you. Thank you, Shelley. I would love to. What? Go. I'm just teasing. That baby, she's worth a thousand trips to Costa Rica. Yeah, she is. I know. And besides, listen, I have a little consolation prize for you. The Dixie Chicks are coming to Midland Wednesday night. I love the Dixie Chicks. I know you do. Oh. You want to go? we got a booster meeting on Wednesday, Tam. I know, hon. There's no way I could go to a Dixie Chick. Are you kidding right now? With the, I just started back at work. I could, you know. Uh -uh. A concert on a Wednesday? What's the big deal? I just don't see how I can do it. Thanks, though. Just an idea. It's a good idea. Okay. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. I'll go to the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> can I take your daughter to the Dixie Chicks? You can change. You need to go change. Charlie's going to show me some pictures. Oh, yeah. Come, come, come. Right. So this, oh, my God, this was the beach. It was unbelievable. It's okay, beautiful. you could see. You could see for miles, okay? You could not see any people. That's so cool. Okay, so what did you think of this scene whenever you watched the first time? Uh, I was pretty much screaming at this lady to get a hint. <laughs> like, obviously Tammy and uh, Julie are going through a rough patch. Don't add fuel to the fire that you're going to give her, like, these clothing that, of course, she's going to like because it shows as much skin as possible that Tammy doesn't want her to wear. And then again, she has to be the disciplinary it's like, give her a break. <laughs> She's gone through so much. Yeah, look, she she blows into town, right? And she just, she's like chaos. Yeah, tornado. You know, she, I mean, obviously, I feel like she and Tammy have a complicated relationship. And that I'm sure Tammy loves her sister, right? I mean, when she first shows up, she, they're jumping up and down. They're hugging and You can bounce a quarter stuff. off your ass. <laughs> right. Um, which is probably true. And, <laughs> you know, that's great. I mean, obviously, you can tell they get along. But you get the feeling like as well as they get along, it's not that much time before she's getting on Tammy's nerves. And yeah. I feel like it's probably the way it goes. It's like a one-way street there. You know, I don't think Tammy gets on her nerves. It's more like she gets on Tammy's nerves because she just strolls into town. And she's just like, you know, a hundred and you know ten pounds of fun. <laughs> you know, she's she's just like I've got I could do this. We're gonna do that. I mean, just having a breeze like life is great. And you know, meanwhile Tammy's just. Dealing, dealing with what she's dealing with, uh, whether it's the issues with Julie, taking care of a new baby, 
And and I love how she passively aggra- passive aggressively attacks Tammy for suddenly not being able to go and do things that they agreed to. Like, well, well, you can't go to Brazil. Well, I'll just take Julie. Yeah, like maybe I don't want my kid going with you to Brazil and what you're dressing her in. Maybe you should run that by me first because you know it's my kid. You know, like be a little courteous. Precisely. Like, that's just like so rude. So, what did you think of the the top that Julie was wearing when you saw it? It's like somebody took a scarf and wrapped it around their boobs and tied it in a knot. <laughs> like seriously, I that that TV episode should be rated PG thirteen for that top. Um, that was Britney Spears needing a snake on her shoulders esque big time. And Eric was like. What is that thing? What are you wearing? Just like glaring at her, like put something on that is nothing. That is that's a barely a bra. Like seriously, it's a strapless bra. Go change. Uh, I do like the actress that plays her sister, though, right? I mean, she she does the rule very well. Yeah, like you definitely get the feeling that they while they get along, they're also very opposite like one you know took a tour where she uh, she found her true love he has a family it's hard work and a hard life but it's something the other sister desires and but she gets to you know go to brazil and have a good time in life and get to do fun things that you would when you were young and you know that's something tammy would like sometimes and they both have worlds that each other wants and that's what causes the friction. Yeah, the actress that plays her is Jessalyn Gilsig. And I've seen her in other things over the years. She's somebody that has been in a lot of different TV shows and movies. So when she came on screen for the first time, back way back when, when I saw the episode, um, I thought, wow, I know exactly who this this person is. I've seen them before. And she does a really good job. She's... She infuses the character with this this kind of bright, sunny outlook, which is the opposite of Tammy right now. <laughs> and like you said, she just kind of rules in the town like this bright, effervescent light, which is great. I mean, that's not a bad thing. I'm not like attacking her outlook and her personality, but she has no filter. Nope. She is just say whatever pops into my head instantly. Yeah, and so it's a bit of a problem. Um, She is 46. Can you freaking believe that? Like right now, I guess, of today? Right now, yeah. Uh, No, she doesn't look 46. She looks maybe 26, maybe close to 30, but that's it. That's just, um, (laughs) that's that's jeans I wish I had. (laughs) Yeah, well, and from wish, Canada, <laughs> we all wish we, you know, had genes of famous actors and actresses. You know, there's a lot of guys that probably wish they looked like Ryan Gosling. Yeah, or Tim Riggins. <laughs> or Tim Riggins. Yeah. Yeah. Canadian. Yeah. So in our blood, man. <laughs> Apparently, it's in the water, and, and you know, <laughs> no toxins in the air and whatnot. <laughs> Uh, 
so let, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Tammy and uh, her sister. Because this scene is, is great, uh, but there's another scene later in the episode, right? Yeah, and that's where they kind of have it out. Uh, you know, she's t- trying to explain, to, well, her sister is like nagging at her, but you don't read anymore. You know, did you give up on, you know, thinking and learning? And Tammy's like, excuse me? I have a husband, a 16-year-old, and a baby, and, like, a job, and, like, yeah, I have free time to read. Like, it's not that I stopped learning. I just have a freaking life. (laughs) I'm not just blowing through, you know, every town I want to and having a good time. But, you know, it's something that her sister also wishes she did have. Yeah, well, what it does is it pushes at a sore point. For Tammy, because she would love to have all this free time and go to concerts and go, you know, to Brazil and go do all these wonderful things. But she's got a family. She's got yeah. a responsibility. She's got a job. It's not that easy. And I love when she says, like, I just had the realization that you know, I have 16 more years of childbearing ahead of me and then she's just going to turn into Julie and hate me. <laughs> <laughs> It's it was a it's a really good line because uh, it's right now it feels like it's true. Yeah, you're definitely yeah. gonna have another tough time with another teenager. It's in your cards, but it is 16 years away. Yeah, but like she said, she's like, what she said, I'll be in a walker. Or I'll be using a walker. You know, <laughs> yeah, good time. poor thing. Right. So, um. Yeah, it, it's a good conversation. It really sets up the dynamic well between these two. Just these two scenes really showcase what the relationship is is like, because you you think initially that maybe this is like an isolated incident, but at the same time you don't get that sense. You feel like this is something that is common for them. You know, really excited to hang out, really excited to be together, and then you know some fight happens you know an issue pops up uh she makes a jab at tammy about something innocuous but it just like sets her off you know yeah yeah exactly uh is there any other scenes with those two or do we cover them i think that's it i think it's the the two that really matters i don't think there is any others actually so Yeah. yeah So, um, let's see. Should we talk about Julie and Matt? Sure. Um, do they just have the one scene or is it two scenes? It's two scenes, right? I don't think so. She apologizes to him, but then there's a scene where she's going by the car. That's right. That's right. So let's start off the apology scene. Uh, And we have a clip about this. So actually let's, let's roll the clip. And then we'll we'll discuss everything. So here it is. Hey, Julie. Um, what, hey. Uh, what can I what can I get you? Um. I don't I don't really want anything. I just. I just, I wanted to say something to you. I I just, I wanted to tell you that I thought about what you said the other night, and 
and that you were right and that I was wrong and I don't really know what I was thinking. I just, I wanted to apologize for like everything and to tell you that I'm sorry and I'm really sorry I hurt you. Thanks. And I just hope you can forgive me and you know, maybe we could be friends or something. Yeah, me too. me too. I guess I'll just see you around, okay? Okay. Okay, so what did you think about this? Uh, I'm guessing this is something that you appreciated? I appreciated it a lot because this is a long time coming from from Julie. And I really love, like, it was genuine. It was from the heart and sincere. And she really, she found that she did this the hard way. You know, she found out that she really likes him and that he's a catch compared to all the other guys the hard way. And that, you know, it's a mistake. And she's trying to rectify it and make things good again, even if it means only getting to be his friend, you know. But she wants to make things right. And I really love that. Like, it's finally some actual good Julie that we know and love. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like her character's been a bit roasted this year. Mm -hmm. And I... I think this is uh, something that the writers felt was necessary because to a certain degree, I think for the most part, you could compare Julie from season one to Rory in Gilmore Girls season one, and they would come out to be a very similar character. Yeah, big time. Because, you know, if you look at Rory and Julie, they're both, you know, voracious readers. Uh, they're both obviously highly intelligent, uh, both kind of shy in their own ways, very sweet. Um, and they meet both meet guys who treat them, you know, very, very well in in the first season. And I feel like they got to season two and it was like, we we got to change this up. You know, we've got to do something with her character because she's a little too perfect. Yeah, we can't just have the perfect relationship from the get-go. Yeah. Well, perfect relationship and the perfect relationship with her parents, too. Yeah. And I do appreciate that this show, you know, did the right thing where there's a reason behind, you know, them breaking up and a reason behind, you know, why she had an attitude problem and why she went down this path and they didn't just make the guy an idiot and then that was it <laughs> you know, they had like actual reasons that went with the story right well i mean that's one of the hallmarks of this show is that even if they're doing something you don't particularly like you feel like the 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 reasons behind it uh really connect with the character the choices that they make are choices that their character would make. So, you know, with Julie, she's a teenager, right? And as she said, you know, uh, early in the season, she got really scared. She got spooked. You know, she, yeah. she saw her life stretching before her and it was just going to be, a, you know, 
going to be with Matt forever. And, you know, she's 16 years old, you know, it probably scared her a lot. And so everything that happens happens because the characters make choices that are in line with their personalities and the kind of choices that you would see them making. So she does what she does. There's a reason for it. And she's learned that it was a big mistake. And now she's, she's finally sorry. She finally realizes how badly she screwed up. And I'm glad, and I'm not saying this to, to be mean, uh, but most of the time in shows, it's the guy that screws up. Right. I mean, it, it, that just happens a lot. It's, it's, I mean, it's more often, it happens more often now than it used to. But it's always like, okay, the guy usually just messes up. He does something stupid and it's his fault. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see the girl making the mistake. You know, like Matt didn't do anything wrong. He, you know, he didn't uh, make a decision which ultimately cost him his girlfriend. It's Julie who's the one that that made the mistake or well she perceives it now as a mistake but she's the one that made the choice that ultimately broke them up yeah i totally agree like i love that it's taking a different spin because you're right it is way oversaturated that they have the guy as the idiot or the guy who makes a mistake or something like that or does something really stupid and ends up losing the girl it's very cliche it's refreshing to see it flipped and have it be the girl because hey equality it goes both ways (laughs) Right. You know, girls make mistakes and and break up relationships, you know, too. Exactly. So, yeah, it's nice to see that. So, yep. So she's obviously uh, sad about this. And look what this uh, scene comes down to is this. She's now ready to make amends. And she's not looking to make amends just so they can get back together. She's just honestly very sorry. She now recognizes her mistake and based on the scene that they had last week where Matt just came out and said, look, I'm, I don't want to go to the concert with you. You know, you hurt me. You were, you were awful to me. I didn't deserve it. And you can find somebody else to go with. It was like somebody took a bucket of ice cold water and threw it on her, on her head. You yeah. know, she finally wasn't getting you know, what she wanted. It's what she needed to hear. Yeah. She needed to see, what her actions actually did like this is what this is why i'm just not going to take you back you really hurt me you need to hear this you you made a mistake and now just because things don't work out with you in the swede i'm just not <laughs> going to take you back and and she had to hear the truth she had to hear what her actions did and only because of that was she able to finally admit to both herself into Matt that, you know, she's sorry. She understands her actions uh, have consequences. Yeah, it was wonderful. And I, like, nearly cheered when I saw her and Tyra hanging out and heading home together. I'm like, yes, they're back together as friends. <laughs> yes. Like, I love that dynamic. So seeing them back hanging is wonderful. And I love it that they're going to go watch some sappy movie and eat buckets of ice cream. It's so <laughs> cute. <laughs> well, let's talk about why this is happening. Because so early in the in the uh, episode, Matt's walking down the hall with Smash and some of the football players and this girl. Uh, this girl's girl, weird. Yeah. 
but she just like immediately walks up and introduces herself and she's making it very plain that she's totally locking on to Matt. <laughs> I mean, obviously this is like a clear cut imitation right then and there. Yeah. Like I'm girlfriend material and open for business. <laughs> like, seriously. She was so, she came on so strong and in front of all the guys too. It's like, it was cringeworthy, you know? Yeah. So let's jump ahead to the party scene. You know, she's, again, over the top, just like laughing at everything that Matt's saying. Totally, totally macking on him, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, they both end up in the car. She's like talking about her last school boyfriend. And, you know, she, what think we said, what she said, she he cheated on her or broke up with her or something. And it, it feels like somebody, you know, st- well, Matt's like, oh, somebody stabbed you. And she's like, no, like, like stabbing you with like a shiv. And yeah. Anyway, so the whole point is she just recently broke up with somebody, moved to a new school. And now basically, I, I think Matt's a rebound is really what it comes down to. And also red flag for moving to a different school because of your breakup. Big red flag. <laughs> Something went down. Right. Doesn't it feel like it feels that way? Right. Yeah, she feels really sketchy. Not like I don't know if she's gonna stick around or if this is just a one-off thing. But if she sticks around for a couple more episodes, I think mean, she just she's a very strange character, and I don't feel anything about her is uh, like a fluid integration. Like <laughs> it just feels like they plopped her there just for this purpose, and I don't know if we're ever gonna see her again. <laughs> like I don't feel like she's gonna be a main character or anything. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to say anything. So. <laughs> but yeah, she just felt very strange. Her whole personality and how abrupt she was, it was very weird. <laughs> well, it, ultimately this leads to uh, Matt and her making out in the car. Julie, of course, yep. sees the making out and is devastated. Tyra is there with her, thankfully. And she grabs her by the arm and says, let's go. We'll get some ice cream. We'll go watch a movie and we'll just cry. Yeah. Gotta love her. (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of Tyra, there's a scene in the school where she's talking to some guy and poor Landry just like stands at the end of the hallway watching her for a good good minute. (laughs) Just flirting with this guy. Yeah. Broke my heart. And, like, I don't know if she was flirting or she's just being, you know, nice or the way Tyra is. But still, it it hurts me so much to see Landry broken, you know? Yeah. Because you can definitely see that she's the only person he's ever going to want. Well, that's... Yeah. I mean, look, it's... it's, it's, uh... It's her. It's she's pretty much perfect for Landry, um, and vice versa. I mean, they both bring the best out in each other. Unfortunately, last episode, you know, his father said you need to break up with Landry. You need to make this happen, and she did. She she devastated him. You know, even if it was for the right reasons, at least according to what she's been told, and if she was doing it for what she felt was the best thing for Landry and uh, unfortunately that means that Landry's hurt 
and he's going to watch her talk to other guys, not be in her in his life. I mean, that's that's hard, so hard. Yeah. Like either she's really strong and can put on this face, and she's done it before, and can you know fake being okay and not be like Landry and being mopey around the hallways. Like I have to believe that she's also crushed on the inside. I well, I think she is crushed. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's. I think she's doing what she feels like she needs to do, because she's been told by a police officer and his father, "You need to do this," and she's trying to 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 make this work as best she can, even though it probably is hurting her a lot that he's not. In her life. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I hope they get back together soon. Like, it's hell watching them apart. <laughs> okay. So, um, well, why don't we talk a little bit about Riggins and Smash? Because Smash is, he needs his, his guy. He needs the guys, you know, blocking for him out of the backfield, uh, Running ahead, taking out linebackers, another whoever else is in Smash's way. Smash comes by and says, "You know, look, you screwed up. You need to come to my mom's house. She's making dinner. Be there at seven sharp." This was adorable, and uh, See, I love it. <laughs> me too. Seeing Tim hanging out with Smash and his family, having dinner. I mean, it's so wholesome and just sweet. I love it so much. And to see them getting along, they work really well together, despite used to having hated each other. And I love the scene. Yeah, it's great. And I love how Smash is like, stop flirting with my mom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really cute. And, and I like that Smash is like, oh, I wanted apple pie. <laughs> like, it's such a child thing to say. <laughs> right. But did, did you get that uh, sense that her his sisters were like, Oh, yeah, keep bringing this guy around. Like, yes. I, <laughs> I could totally see they're like, hi, <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> like, do you think this is, this is Tim Riggins? Break, keep bringing him to the house, please. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I could bring him by any time. <laughs> I like when uh, Smash is trying to describe Riggins. You know, he's like, you're like, you know, the, the brooding, uh, you know, just whatever, you know. <laughs> It's like you can't even like adequately describe Riggins in a way that probably isn't going to come off as some kind of insult. You know? I was waiting for him to be like, you know, you're Edward <laughs> and I'm Jacob. Like, this is how it works. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's great. It's a good scene between those two. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else do we got? Because I, I want to ultimately end up with, with Landry and his father, but I want to... I want to get to everything else before we, we touch on that. So, I think the last is uh, Jason. Yes. And uh, Eric. Right. So Jason is searching. He's, yeah. he's searching. And this is an interesting storyline because when you think about where we started at the beginning of the series and where we're at now, you know, he gets injured, well, gets you know, paralyzed. Uh, so we follow through his partial recovery. Uh, then we go through the the court case, and then the the um, uh, 
what's it the um the sport that he was doing um, oh um <clears throat> quad rugby is, yeah quad that's rugby. It. <laughs> so we do that and then we give the the mexico thing and now he's back and he tried the coaching thing and i feel like at this point the writers are like okay what do we do <laughs> you know we've, we've done so much he broke up with lila um all of that and i feel like they're they're trying to think about what his next move is. And so that's literally what the character is thinking about, which is, what do I do next? You know, you would think that Eric being back would make him want to coach again, because at least with Eric, he has somebody who definitely appreciates and respects him. So, you know, being on the coaching staff, you would think this would work out, but it feels like whatever that Mexico trip did or didn't do for him, it's changed him and he tries to go back and coach again. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the same feeling anymore. He's looking for his next move. Yeah. And it's great. Like he, when he explains it to coach Taylor, like Taylor is Eric's so understanding and you know, appreciative that you know, he does. You know, he tried this and he appreciates the job but he's still searching for more and he completely understands that. Like, I love the way they talk to each other. There's such a high level of respect. That's just so well written. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think here. They do, you know, he tries to coach, he comes to practice a couple practices and, um, I think the impetus for all of this is his birthday. Right, because yeah. everybody's been invited, and the worst possible thing in a lot of ways is that they play his old high school highlight reel. I couldn't understand why on earth they would do this. I mean, it's given how much he would kill to be back on the field, I agree. Like, this is the last thing I would ever do because it's got to be pain- so painful for him. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's proud of what he did, but he just wants to be back on that field. And instead, you know, he he has to watch highlight reel of his glory days. And it's it, it sucks. You could tell it sucks. And And Buddy also rubbing it in like, oh my Lila could have been rich and had a good life. And like right. shut up. Who invited you? Yeah, right. So, uh, you know, that happens and, and then he, he talks to Eric and he says, look, you know, I, I can't do the coaching thing anymore. I can't, I just, I can't do it. I got to figure out my next move. You know, he gives him the, the information that he won't be you know, coaching anymore. Yeah. Cause I guess he feels like, you know, he's a real adult now, you know, he's got to figure out his life and figure to figure out what he's doing. You know, I think, I still think coaching is ultimately something he would do very well at but maybe he's extremely good at it i just think he needs maybe some time away from the game completely before he even thinks about doing that as a as a career yeah like i think it's just a little too hard still like he probably sees all these guys you know they're doing so well out there and he just wants to be a part of it and it's just it's in him to be running out there with them and it's too hard yeah. So uh I think I think Jason's 
life is, you know, going to get more interesting. He's got, I think, more ahead of him than he knows. You know, there's more opportunities than I think he understands. But it's a, he has this really great scene with Lila where he goes to visit her and he wants to talk to her as a friend. And he said, how did you make the changes that you made? Because you did change. You, you're somebody different now. And she's very direct. She says, you know, you just do it. And I know it sounds common sense, like, oh, well, Captain Obvious moment. But <laughs> sometimes it's that very obvious thing. Like, it's like you, you just have to commit yourself to doing it and then do it. You, you, yeah. can't, be, you can't be afraid. Yeah, it's not about, you know, taking a different path. It's about jumping and jumping into something completely different and making a move where you can't turn back. Precisely. So it's a really um, it's a really good piece of advice. He just needs to commit himself to doing something and do it. Yeah, wholeheartedly. So uh, Eric is uh, <laughs> dealing with trying to, to get a salary that matters. <laughs> He's got a daughter who's wearing essentially nothing. Uh and you know he's 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 a guy who is trying to get back i think into the flow of all of this you know it, it's got to be a bit of adjustment for, even for him to come back you know even though it feels great i'm sure yeah it's definitely a big adjustment in getting things to you know be the way they used to be i mean salary for one that's a big hitch <laughs> And plus, now he has more responsibilities with his job because Buddy Garrity. <laughs> I love when he says, like, I'm going to kill him after uh, the, the woman leaves out of his office after ripping him a new one. Oh, when he says, I'm going to kill Buddy. I'm going yep, to I'm gonna kill, kill him. him. <laughs> <laughs> love that. And yeah, I mean, he's got so much on his plate. I mean, he's helping raise a newborn, you know, have a happy family. It's such, it's hard. Like. It's not easy whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel for the guy because he's got so much on his plate. I don't know how he does it, you know? I really don't. Yeah, seriously. And now um, uh, Tammy is back to work. I forgot about that. Um, oh, yeah, that great scene. <laughs> yeah, Riggins and his brother come in to try and plead their case. Well, he, and even... Yeah. his brother... Yeah, go ahead. His brother's playing with her breast pump. I know. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, like, sanitary, put that the frick down. <laughs> it's so like them. And they're like, they're like such children. Yeah, you know? seriously, like playing with the things in the doctor's office, you know? And so Tammy comes in and she just unloads on Riggins, which I'm glad to see, you know? Yeah. Uh, because he, he doesn't take his acad academics seriously. Um, he's off the football team. His prospects are very low mm -hmm. and she's like you know hey while you were going on your joyride uh you missed this and you missed this and you missed this and you missed this and you're like this close to failing and having to repeat you know the grade so yeah get your act together <laughs> time to get some rally girls together to do your homework for you <laughs> like how hard's that <laughs> and like wasn't that what was happening <clears throat> beforehand I like how the, the brother's like, his brother's like, uh, hey, can you like put in a good word with coach about getting him back on the team? She's like, look, I'm here as, you know, the advisor. I'm here to get him on track. I'm not 
doing the whole football thing. That's not my job. Go talk to him yourself. You know. Yeah, like you go ask him. See how that works. Right. So there was also the scene where where Glenn hands the reins back to Tammy, and it, it's just you know they get along well. They're just you know they're friends, colleagues. But Eric walks in and, and meets Glenn for the first time, and you could just see like hate you. <laughs> The alpha dominance thing just comes out in him and he's like, you're a beta and I'm putting you in your place kind of act, you know, stay away from a woman and don't you be hanging out in the lounge with him. Right, she's like, hey, you know, Glenn, I'll, I'll see you in the lounge. And he leaves. He's like, what, lounge, lounge? I don't know if you've seen him in the lounge. What are you, I thought you were supposed to like, meet him at lunch or something. You know, and she's like, are you, are you jealous? That's adorable. <laughs> I know, it's so cute. You know, it's like, wow. This is, I kind of like this. <laughs> yeah, fringe benefits. <laughs> right. So, yeah, those are great scenes. Um, yeah. Uh, let's move into the final bit here, which is, of course, Landry and his father. So, uh, initially, we have <clears throat> earlier scene where Landry's father comes to his room and asks him, you know, do you want to come down for dinner? Because, you know, they made his favorite thing. He's not hungry. You know, he's sitting there on his phone looking at, at pictures of, of Tyra. Mm -hmm. And his father asks him what's wrong. He says, you know, she broke up with me. And his father and obviously knows full well, you know, why it happened. But he plays it cool. He's like, ah, you know, there'll be other girls. You know, he's like, no, there's nobody like her. And... Uh, you could see, you know, he's he's just he's heartbroken. He's 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 definitely missing the woman that he loves. Yep. And uh his father goes to the police station and that's when he finds out that despite having almost zero evidence, they did find fibers, carpet fibers which match the same vehicle that Landry owns. And this is a problem. Yeah. Yes, it is a problem. You say the cop tells him that it matches like 20 vehicles in town. We're going to, you know, see who, question some people, see where they've been at, blah, blah, blah. And of course, big red flag in his head. So he has to get down to the point and ask Landry, like, what the hell's going on? Did you have a part in this? Yep. We have a, we have, yeah. we have a clip of this. So yeah. uh, we'll let you hear the clip and we'll discuss it after. We're not going inside. They found blood residue outside the convenience store. Matches up with the dead guy. Based on the head wound, they figure that uh, he was probably struck there with some sort of hard object and then put in a car, either unconscious or dead, and taken to the bridge and dumped in the river. I don't know why you're telling me this, but... The water and the fish pretty much did away with any foreign DNA or prints that could have led to suspects, and with no witnesses, the detectives don't have much. Except for one thing. The coroner found upholstery fibers in the zipper of the deceased jacket. And guess where they come from? From GMC wagons, just like this one. I dealt with that. 
Uh, I don't know what you think, but I mean, how, how many different, how many different GMC wagons Landry, are there? If you had something to do with this, you have got to tell me right now. Better you tell me than wait for them to drag you in, because so help me God, son, that's what's going to happen. Talk to me. Time to trust me. I need to do it, Dad. I don't mean to. It just happened. Oh, God. I didn't mean to do it. Oh, God, Okay, listen to me. We're gonna need to take a drive. Right now. Yeah, well, where? Get in the car. Follow me. Right now. Let's go. Okay, so what were your thoughts when you watched this for the first time? Watching Landry just break down and crying and just finally getting this weight off his chest. I mean, it's so heartbreaking. I was getting misty-eyed just watching him get misty-eyed. And uh, I think he's very relieved to be able to tell his father. But I have a big problem with how his dad reacts. <laughs> okay. Uh, the torching of his car. That's stupid. That's not what a cop would do. <laughs> I mean, what what's going to happen when one of the cops comes and, hey, hey Landry, uh, this car is registered under your name. Where is it? Uh, yeah, I don't have it anymore. It's missing. <laughs> That's a little suspicious. Uh, the proper thing to do would get it reupholstered. Say, got torn a couple years ago. We got reupholstered way back when. Easy peasy. Clean story. Not torch it for the public to see in a pit. Like, ugh. Big problem with that. <laughs> yeah, I could. I thought about that myself. It, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking uh, if they find this burning car, now maybe they scratched out the VIN number. But, I mean, even if you burn a car, oftentimes you can still find the VIN number, uh, which would yeah. trace it. Or, or the plates. <laughs> possibly the plates even, maybe. But, although they could have taken the plates, possibly. But... I would hope they but did. You're right. I mean, obviously, I think the writers knew at this point. They're like, we just need to get past this storyline. We need this to end. Uh, I will give them credit for not ending it like three episodes into the into the uh, second season, because a lot of other shows would have uh, taken a storyline which they probably knew very quickly was the wrong one they should have chosen, and just you know, burn through it immediately. But at least they took... Yeah, bury it. At least they took the time. I will say this about the storyline. I still hate the fact that, that they had Landry kill a guy. Uh, I still hate the storyline. But I think I've finally come to understand my, confu my conflicted feelings towards the storyline. I hate that the act itself was that they had... 
Tyra and Landry come together due to a murder. But yeah. I like that the storyline brought out specific layers in their characters. Uh, we saw Landry struggling with this guilt uh, for what he did and for um, for the the kind of damage it does to him as a person and his soul, I guess. Yeah, he's such a good person and it's not something he can mentally handle. Right. I like what the storyline did to the characters. I just hate the storyline. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Because, like, <sighs> like, I hate the fact that they were brought together by, you know, murdering somebody. But I do love that they ended up finding that they are compatible in the end. That, you know, there's a lot to their relationship that it's, if you didn't have the murder and they got together, they would still be highly compatible. And it just took a murder to find that out. <laughs> yeah. Now, the disposal of the vehicle, I, I agree. I don't think that was the best way to go about it. I I don't think it answered all the questions. Uh, I, I don't... I, I would... I'm kind of surprised because I feel like there would have been a cop they would have consulted with before going through on this storyline. That's just something I feel like would have happened here. So I'm I'm surprised that, it, at least to us, it feels like there is evidence that they're leaving behind. Big time. <clears throat> like, yeah, sure, you torch the car and all the evidence inside of it, but uh, like they can literally just go talk to every other person who has this car because there's only like 20 people in this town. Yeah, make sure they're all accounted for, and then, oh, hey, Landry's is missing. Hmm, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Question him. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, I guess we'll have to see, you know, if this is, is the truly the end. We don't know. I guess we'll have to find out. So, hmm. maybe all these fears that you're having will be answered. Yeah, I hope so. It's hard not to just go in and binge. It's so hard. <laughs> well, you can go watch the next episode tonight. I plan to. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, look, I mean, this, I think, was uh, a pretty good episode. You know, there was a lot of good stuff here. Uh, some wonkiness with the, this, the whole Landry uh, disposal of the car. That was kind of odd. Um, you know, the, the girl with, with Matt, she, you're right. She's just weird. Um, very like, I mean, I don't know where she could like jump his bones or something. I mean, like, I feel like, like in the middle of the hallway, she's just going to attack him. Like, like, I just feel uh, like next episode, you know, her real boyfriend, you know, this big tough guy from another school is going to come in and find out that she's seeing Matt and like kick his ass or something. Like, I feel like there's something really sinister behind all this. Yeah. I don't think that's really this. I don't think that's going to happen, but I understand what you're saying, but I think the character itself right now, at least what we talked earlier about awkward, weird character introductions, like with Santiago, um, I think they, they did pretty well with his character so far, despite an awkward introduction. 
And I feel like her character was awkwardly introduced too. You know, she just kind of just shows up and it's like, hey, I've been seeing you around. Uh, hey, madam, so happy and so honored that I get to cheer for you. And it's like, <laughs> wow, what are you, like cheerleader of a NFL team or something? I mean, come on, you know, this is high school, you know? Is this your whole life? Like, what's your problem? <laughs> you know, so. Oh, and will we ever see Waverly again? I was just thinking about that this episode. And it's been six episodes. Where's Waverly? <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, I forgot to mention this earlier in the season. I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, I don't think we get to see her again. Ever? I don't th- she just, poof. yeah. This this is okay. something that you'll see happen again. You'll see this happen again. Okay. The, I like the, the sound of that. Okay, so here's the reason why. I'm, I'm not going to allude to anything specific. Just I'm going to give you a... Uh, I'm going to give you a reason why this happens. So the show was never particularly highly uh, high in the ratings game uh it, it always struggled yeah. every season i mean it was constantly every year it was on the bubble as to whether it was going to get renewed or not the problem is a lot of these actors that aren't signed on contract wise are like hey uh, am i coming back next year or are you guys even going to get renewed well we don't know so a lot of these actors are leaving to go do other shows taking another solid job they're like hey we can't just stick around and hope this gets renewed so the girl that played Waverly yeah. and other characters you'll see as the series goes on, that's the same thing that's happening. You know, they're just like, hey, we can't just stick around. So, you know. Gotcha. I'm interested to see who else doesn't appear. <laughs> Find out. And see if Jason's girlfriend ever appears again. Oh, who else? All, ones you, all the ones you'll have to wait and see. Oh, yay, me. <laughs> so, yeah, look, uh, overall, this was a good episode. You know, was it a great episode? No, it wasn't a great episode, but it was a good episode. Uh, it was a solid episode. Uh, so for me, um, I'm going to have to give it a, a B. You know, I, I feel like it was, uh, it was solid. There were some good developments, uh, some good characters, uh, just some wonky stuff there with the disposal of the car. I did like to see the, the Landry and his father. The whole scene was really, really great. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I, I but just some some and a, a little bit of a weird pacing issue with this uh, episode too. Uh, it just felt like we jumped around a little too much. Uh, there was some moments in the episode I didn't feel like didn't mesh quite as well and they didn't uh, flow quite as well from scene to scene uh, a little just disjointed but uh, overall a solid episode uh, good stuff and so I get to give it a B yeah I have to agree with you I think a B is proper grading for it um, it's just that there's there's some really great stuff in it like you know Tim and at Smash's house I mean that's really sweet and you know stuff with Tammy and Eric and I mean, all that stuff is great, and they have that those great moments, but then there's these glaring moments that really stick out, like torching the car, or Matt's new girlfriendish person. It's just very strange, and yeah, 
it kind of drags it down to a B. Or else, like, if that didn't happen, like, if there wasn't that weird girl and that torching thing didn't happen, it would be a solid A- minus at least. But, yeah, because of that, it drags it down to a B. Okay. Um, I guess that's it for for this recap and review. I guess more like review. You know, we really don't do the, the recap. <clears throat> I mean, I like the way we do our episodes now where we just – we just Jumping talk around. about, you know, whoever. You know, we'll talk about the actual events, but, you know, it's so much better not to do the recap, like chronological order. It frees us up, and it, I think it, the flow of the episodes is so much better. So, Yeah, I completely agree. And it's, it's not <clears throat> always easy to, <clears throat> if you don't have your notes perfectly written out, to remember scene by scene. But, you know, as you're talking about one character, you'll remember about another and just jump around. And that's really nice to have that flexibility. Yeah, mostly I write about characters and, you know, not uh, note-specific scenes. I pretty much remember the entire yeah. episode. But as we're talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that scene and that scene. So, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, how can people reach us if they want to, say, send in a email or a voicemail to the podcast? So if you'd like to do that, you can send it to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to us in like the Twitterverse, um, it's freakgeeks or at freakgeeksmedia. Uh, we're personally on Twitter as well. He's at Michael underscore Atlantic. I'm at Labyrinth Rose. Um, yeah, and I'm actually looking into making a Freaking Geeks Facebook page and conjoining all our podcasts under that. Because having the separate ones, I don't keep up with it very well. But that's coming down in the future is a Facebook page for under Freaking Geeks title. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, if you want to send any feedback, go ahead. You know, you can send feedback about any of the episodes that we've already watched. If you want to send in feedback for next week's episode, that's great. Uh, if you just want to send in, you know, your comments specifically about the show, I... Whatever you want to, you know, talk to us about, you know, just write it out into an email. Uh, just make sure in the subject line to address it as, for this uh, podcast, just so that we know, okay, this ep this actually is about, uh, you know, Friday Night Lights. So, and uh, also, uh, go to uh, Apple, and if you'd like to rate us, uh, please do. Uh, you can rate us whatever you want, four stars, five stars. However, one star and two stars specifically are broken, so they don't really they don't really <laughs> work. Uh, so, you know, sorry about that. So <laughs> I guess the worst you could do is three stars. Uh, yeah, but look, here's the thing. It, it really helps us out when it comes to raising our profile within uh, iTunes, and it just helps spread us out to more people that like the show and, and like Friday Night Lights. And so uh, any kind of feedback and any kind of rating in iTunes would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. And we also have a Patreon page if you want to check it out. We have other content and podcasts on there too that are just for Patreon only. And that's uh, patreon.com forward slash freaking geeks. Yep. All right, everyone, I guess that's it for this week. So until next week, uh, have a good one. And we end it as we always do. So clear eyes. Can't lose. All right, everyone, lose. have a good night. Night.